right? And really asking them um, if they were interested. And right now they're really waiting for assistance. And a lot of that is, I mean, I think everyone's just been so cooped up as we all have, right? Um, also, there's testers that are now available. Uh, the testers weren't available before. Now they can like stay in play is what we like to call it. So we're really seeing um, the services come back in retail. Events are coming back slowly, not as robust as they once were, but we are seeing little mini events uh, happening. Like I had mentioned before, the testers are back out. And, you know, you continue to see the best practices in store, right? As long as everyone is following the sanitizing the product in front of the customer, um, the customer's really happy and I think feels really, really safe coming into store. Um, the other 20%, you know, the, the two out of the 10, um, they're there really to just check it out. I think they're out there for the first time in the, in the real world, you know, the, the post-pandemic world, and they're there to replenish their products as well versus online, which leads me into kind of the next segment of brick and mortar, and that is, you know, what's happening really between brick and mortar and .com. Um, Pre-COVID, brick and mortar was typically ran on average, again, these are just all averages in the beauty space, about 70% of your total retail sales, 30% was .com. And I, usually when I say that people are shocked that it's it was that heavy weighted in brick and mortar pre-COVID. Um, as you can imagine during the pandemic, obviously that shifted overnight where we were seeing, you know, 30% brick and mortar 70% online. And during that time, also what happened was this shift. So all the inventory went to online, less inventory was going to brick and mortar, and it really grabbed on and continued the momentum. People weren't sending, brands weren't sending people in store anymore. So you, they were really driving that dot-com train. Um, now I would say really, what we saw in 2021 immediately, like as of January, when everything was really starting to open back up, we saw the shift start to hit around, you know, 56.44, meaning 56% was now brick and mortar, 44.com. And now we're actually seeing almost 100% back to normal or back to where it was, which is brick and mortar, 70% and 30%.com. I will mention, though, with that, <laughs> retail's taken a while. You know, the retailers, because the shift happened pretty rapidly, there's not as much inventory as brick and mortar as there once was. So it's, we're kind of in this catch-up game uh, in brick and mortar in store right now what, because dot-com still ha is sitting pretty heavily in inventory. Um, and then really the last, the last piece I look at is, you know, what's happening with our people? in store. Sadly, our industry was just devastated with the pandemic and hit so hard with layoffs and furloughs and, you know, really just uh, decimated the industry and the beauty educators, makeup artists and retail employees. Like if, if I just think of all of these people um, who lost their jobs and 
the employees that people are not coming back as fast as the customer. And I really think there's a couple main reasons why that's happening. And we've experienced it ourselves. One of it is they're concerned to come back to retail, right? Due to COVID and the risk, we hear a lot of our former employees are living with elderly family members and aren't necessarily comfortable coming back, um, not wanting to run a risk of bringing anything home to their family member, which makes complete sense. And then the second reason is I think a lot of people or what we're hearing, a lot of people are contemplating whether they want to stay in their line of work. You know, do they want to stay being a beauty educator, a makeup artist, um, stay in retail? It's been fairly advantageous uh, for those with uh, the ability to collect unemployment right now while they're also seeking and kind of asking the question and pausing, do I want to go back to retail? Which I think is a really valid point. So I think people are really taking advantage of this time to decide what they want to do. Yes. Um, in regards to the retail locations, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. I mean, you know, my, my favorite line is, you know, not all retail stores are treated equally. And that was even before the pandemic. And what I mean by that is we categorize retail um, by volume and we label them as A, B, C, and so on. A being your largest volume stores, B being your mid, and then C being, you know, the, the not so popular or highest volume in retail sales. Um, and that completely turned upside down um, over last year and is still continuing on, meaning, you know, where we had A volume doors were in your high tourist areas, your high commuter areas, New York City, Los Angeles, San Francisco, right? The usual suspects where you had that, you know, Times Square. Times Square, you know, on average, pre-pandemic would have, you know, 300,000 people go through Times Square daily. That's like shocking to think about. Um, during the pandemic, that dropped to 50,000. As of 2021, now it's back up to like 140, 150. And these stats are really coming from a source called Times Square Alliance. Um, and so when you see like the different retail locations, Times Square was always ranked in your top three volume locations. And the top locations today still remain stores like Porta Madera in Marin County, you know, a suburban location um, where the commuter is still at home, you know, perhaps not back to the office and no longer shopping in San Francisco or in Austin or, you know, the, these usual stores that were a, ranked a B volume are now the A and vice versa. Um, I do believe that, uh, you know, also the post-COVID doors are growing three times larger in these areas. So we're seeing just some great growth coming out of these stores. But I will have to say that New York is coming back, and I believe it will come back with a vengeance. 
um, we are starting to see even, as I mentioned, the, the well-known Times Square area bouncing back slowly but surely. I think it's going to take them a little longer. Um, the tourism just isn't back where it needs to be, nor is the commuting. Right. Is there a product that you see on the rise in the beauty space? You know, for those who planned on launching Lip this year, we're really either really smart or really, really lucky because with masks off, lips are, lips are on the rise. I, um, I correlated data from a company called Spate, and they actually track in their data like the next big trends in beauty. And one of them happens to be the lip, lip category. Although it's still showing a year-over-year -year decline, its future is looking really bright, and it's expected to grow 22% over the next year. Um, Again, with, with the lips, uh, with the stores unmasking and the restrictions going away, um, there are also, you know, lip liner searches. I mean, when's the last time I sold a lip liner? It's been a really long time that I even wore one. Um, lip plumpers are really big product right now. So I think people, you know, they, they focus on the eye because we're all wearing masks last year. So it makes complete sense that uh, lips are definitely showing a huge spike in searches uh, for 2021. This has been so informative. Thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. Thanks for having me.